you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Wednesday, August 23rd, and you're listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. That is the voice of today's special guest who will be back for another turn this season as the host of NFL Total Access, the broadcast. He is the co-host of the NFL Explained podcast. He's a Giants fan, a Jersey native, a Fordham grad, and he can now claim to be a published author. He's the sweet potato kid. He's Mike Yam. Welcome back to the pod, Yammer. It is good to get an invite back. I thought you were upset with me because, you know, you tease me a fair amount in our TA show pod. So I actually started to take it to heart that I'm not getting an invite on the podcast <laughs> and you're still teasing me. Gracie knows better than anyone. When you stop teasing, the, the love is gone. So uh, the teasing is just my weird way of affection. It's something about she pointed this out. And I think it's a line from it's a line from that movie, The American President with Michael Douglas, right? Plays the president. You don't know movies. No. You don't know jersey numbers or movies. But in that, but in that Annette Benning, Michael Douglas, and in the movie somebody says there's something strange about men that they feel the need to insult each other as a way oh, of showing love. And I think that that is 100%. there's a there's a commerce between us of yeah. insults as a as a means of affection. It's a strange yeah. thing. No. Uh, you couldn't be more right. I went to an all-boys Catholic high school. There was a heavy dose of that. And if I just go to my phone and my college roommate's text thread, no joke, 45 seconds before I walked into the studio, I was getting made fun of uh, on that text thread. So. Okay, we're not going to make fun of you now. We're, not, we're actually going to exalt and celebrate you right now because I don't want to just let that go like a, you know, like a split-finger fastball that broke off in the dirt. You're a published author. How nice for you to have yet another bullet point on your resume. More success for you. Isn't that wonderful? Uh, all cynicism aside, please tell me about fried rice and marinara. Uh, I appreciate you asking. This is probably the biggest passion project that I've ever worked on before. So the the premise of the book, and it's a it's a picture book. If you got a kid between the ages of two and six, I uh, highly encourage you and really, really would appreciate uh, getting the book and writing a review, which apparently is really important for the Amazon algorithm. Uh, but the point is, it's, it's a book that exists that I did not have. It really represents in a lot of ways something that I didn't have as a kid, which is a book uh, that has an Asian character or about a mixed race family. Like there's very limited inventory, especially on the latter, on mixed race families and certainly on the Asian side. There's definitely books that ex exist, so I'm not going to pretend like there, there isn't. But the point is, I don't think there's nearly enough that are out there. Um, so it, it was just something that I wanted to do, wanted to do for a while. And I started it in 2020 
And here we are. I never thought in a million years, honestly, though, Drew, and you know me, I really didn't think it would actually be a physical book. So it's uh, it's been pretty cool, man. It's a great learning experience for me, too. Super proud of you. I'm going to I promise you I'm going to buy a couple of copies, certainly to have one for Henry. I do expect a signed copy. Done, done. Uh, for the uh, cutest once kid I, once I, the I will do the review. Oh. <laughs> uh, where can we find fried rice and marinara? Yeah, Amazon. Uh, you could just search for it there or on barnesandnoble.com. Amazing. Congratulations. I appreciate you, man. Thank I'm you. your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy. And for starters, I'm so glad to be back after a short vacation with Gracie and Henry. Henry said hello to his great-grandfather in Detroit. <laughs> Right. It was amazing. Go. Four generations of Gracie's family together. It was super cool. And Gracie said goodbye to her 30s. Yeah, that's right. I have to give her credit. She's handling it quite well. A study in poise and grace and almost imperceptible terror. I haven't posted a show for a week now. It's high time we get back in the yeah. groove, Yammer. You're just the guy to guide our re-entry into the NFL atmosphere on today's show, a preseason preview, the final round of games for NFL teams week three. Don't forget, we're down to three preseason games in this world. Every snap matters for rookies trying to make the roster, established vets trying to reestablish reps in new uniform, quarterbacks looking to climb the depth chart, and coaches looking to answer those final nagging questions about roster spots and suitable schemes. So, Yammer, let's do a little housekeeping first because, guys, football is back, and ever since this preseason, began back on August 10th. NFL Network has had every single game, including 23 games live on NFL Network. Big name players putting new cities on their backs, a new class of stars putting their names on the map. The fact is, NFL fans, no matter what your NFL team is, they are back in action on NFL Network and streaming on NFL Plus. Mike, can you help us organize our viewing schedule in the days to come? Yeah, actually, I think everyone is super excited, especially on NFL Network on Thursday. We got Steelers and Falcons. We got a glimpse of Bijan Robinson the other day. And of course, uh, on full display, pass catching ability for the running back. So certainly thrilled to see what he can follow up on. Uh, Patriots and Titans, I know that there's been some special speculation about what that offense could look like from a Patriots perspective. I think we've seen some good flashes. And then Chargers and Niners also on Friday night. Uh, last time I checked, there's some significant storylines yeah, uh, coming yeah. out of the Bay Area. Only a few. Yeah. Uh, Saturday, Browns and Chiefs at 1 Eastern time. Patrick Mahomes said he was not thrilled with his last performance. He was unhappy. James Palmer said he didn't get hit, which is why he wasn't happy. Oh, wow. <laughs> Even though the numbers were impressive. He's uh, so weirdly special. Of course, yes. that's the reason he wasn't happy, because he didn't get hit. He still needs to take that first punch oh, in the yeah. fight. Which, by the way, is something that Aaron Rodgers said that he's looking forward to on Saturday night against the Giants. He will make his Jets debut. He actually said that he wants to sort of Pound feel the, the butterflies. Yes. Of, of, you know, getting ready for a, a matchup, not to mention getting those first hits. So certainly a highlight of Saturday's coverage. Remind us that Jets. game, that Jets-Giants game. Six Eastern time NFL Network. And then Rams and Broncos. We've seen a steady dose of Russell Wilson here for Sean Payton's squad, which I think is a real positive. Rams and Broncos, two teams that are desperate to kind of get back in the conversation oh, yeah. to reinvent themselves. Michael, thank you for that. You can watch all preseason week three games live on NFL Plus. Don't forget that. But the games, of course, that Michael just mentioned will be right here on NFL Network. And of course, the one that does jump off the page for me, it's the 6 p.m. Eastern on Saturday, the battle for bragging rights in the state of yeah. New Jersey. Somehow, the Florham Park Jets versus the East Rutherford Giants just doesn't have the same ring. So the boys in branding want us to call these teams the New York Jets and the New York Giants. Let's start with the Jets. Aaron Rodgers will start for gangrene. Now, look, Michael, we know old school thinking are 
argues against taking any risk yeah. with a starting quarterback in the preseason. But new school thinking insists that week one of the regular season is too late to work out any issues. What is the Mikey Am school of thinking? Yeah, I think there's a little bit of a combination of both. And and I, I think you need to hedge a little bit and play with fire. I think it's important for these guys to go out there. I'm not saying throw them out there for a full game or even a full half, but I do think it's important to get meaningful reps in the preseason to get you ready for the season. Bucky Brooks, who is with us on NFL Total Access, I think made a really, really good point. He said the rest of the league, including Robert Sala, is now seeing what Andy Reid has done with Patrick Mahomes and says, you know, what they actually win football games and they win a lot of them and they win Super Bowls and they had Patrick Mahomes if it's good enough for Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs it's probably good for everyone else so from a Jets perspective with this offense and I know he knows Nathaniel Hackett but to get on the same page with some of these guys I actually think it's really important have you been watching Hard Knocks Yes. Well, I kind of know that you've been watching Hard Knocks. I'm leading the witness there because after episode one, Mike Yam said to me, you said something, do you remember this? You said something like, I don't know if I can do this for a whole whole season. And I said, I asked, well, what do you mean? You said, because it's just too weird to like Aaron (laughs) Rodgers this much. And and let's be clear, I'm not suggesting that Mike Yam is an Aaron Rodgers hater. He's not. He's a Giants fan. Exactly. And so anybody wearing the, the, the green and white of the Jets is of little interest to Mikey M except in a professional mode. So you have been watching. Oh yeah. I haven't seen episode three yet. Did you have you yeah, seen I don't three? Yeah, no, no. I, I went through um I got through about seventy five percent Okay, what's your night, what's your so. takeaway so far in the first two and and a bit uh episodes? Two big well, three big takeaways. Okay. Aaron Rodgers likable. Right? Yes. So utterly likable. Oh, Gracie uh, was watching and she said, I like yeah. this version of yeah. him. He seems what did she say? He seems so happy. And truth be told, I mean, I think viscerally yeah. that is the takeaway. Like, he genuinely seems thrilled, and I'm thrilled for him that he is. God, I didn't. Good observation by Gracie. Is I she really did. She's like, I he didn't just think about so like happy. That. Yeah, I, I think that's actually a great way to characterize it. Um, you know, I actually was working uh, on the radio side with one of Rogers' former teammates, and I off air said to him, I go, Look, man, like, is this kind of how, how he is? And he goes, Yeah. He is like that. But he did say, he goes, I caution, he goes, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens middle of the season, end of the season, if the Jets are not a successful team. He said, look, I've played on teams that in Green Bay, for example, that didn't have a ton of success at times, and it was all peaches and cream on the front end, and it sort of deteriorated uh, as the season went on. So I think... A, Rodgers, clearly his demeanor is one of the big takeaways. The Mentalist in episode two. How amazing was that? Headliner. Okay, is it? Uh, now, listener, you may join me in my incredulity here because I don't buy it. It's too outrageously amazing for me to believe. And yet everybody that I talk to, including you, says, no, 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 this is real. Yeah. This guy is for real. But you have a theory about this guy that, oh. um, that he may not want to hear. Well, A, I do think it's real, and B, I know the exact reason why he's able to execute on this. He clearly sold his soul to the devil. That's the only explanation. We we all watched it. We know what happened and transpired in that meeting room. That's the only logical explanation for his abilities. I think there may be a defamation suit coming our way. And then uh, what's the third takeaway? So in episode three, let me rewind here. Oh, this is a good tease for me because I haven't seen episode three. So... When Rodgers ends up with the Jets, there's a buzz that he's bringing in other playmakers yes. that he's had some experience. Alan Lazard certainly Lazard being one of them. Right? And I think a few of us were like, damn, really? Like, this is the path that we're going down? Oh, right. And you just want your guys around you. You want a comfortable yeah. environment, comfortable room. So I looked at it as maybe not the most positive thing. And then when I was watching that episode, and I knew in theory 
that guys that were familiar with Rodgers was going were going to be able to explain to other guys what Rodgers is looking for. There's one scene, I guess they had some drops in practice, and I think believe it was Lazard who's talking to these guys. He goes, Look, man. Aaron's not going to throw you the football. He doesn't like throwing interceptions. If he doesn't trust you, he is not going to throw you the football. Paraphrasing here. And in that moment, all the things that I realized was going to happen with veteran players who were familiar with Rodgers, I knew in theory that was going to happen. But to see it, I go, oh, there's actual real value there. There's there's real value. So to me, from a football perspective, mentalist aside, which is still the headliner to the first three uh, episodes, I— that was a subtle thing that probably maybe people don't really even care about, but for me, it resonated. Yeah, I think it does. We always hear about the best quarterbacks being coaches on the field, an extension of the coaching staff on the field, and Rodgers certainly is that for Nathaniel Hackett, for Robert Sala on the field. But what you're suggesting is another layer, that that Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard— Oh, it was Cobb. That, that Cobb was the one Cobb who was saying it. Yep. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. these guys are an extension of— the Aaron Rodgers messaging yeah. for the young guys in that wide receivers room. Get your S together uh, because if you do, life's going to be great. If you don't, you're going to be lonely on an island, sure. not getting a lot of love. Thank you for that. Yeah, we will yeah. have an episode recap in the days to come on this podcast of episodes one, two, <laughs> and three. I still have to watch episode three. And of course, we have at least one more to come. Is it five total? Four, yeah. Five, five total, yeah. I think. Yeah. And okay, now let's turn to your Giants. Week one, 21-16 loss to the Lions. Week two of the preseason, a 21-19 win over the Panthers. Your thoughts so far? Just knee-jerk response on your G-men. Do you like what you see? You know, here's here's what I love. Here's what I love. Oh, he went from like to love. This this week two. This got very romantic in a hurry. Go. Look, week one, I can handle a loss. They are, we weren't playing guys. It's fine. It is yeah. what it is. Week two, I see Daniel Jones. I see Darren Waller out there. And I go, oh, my God, we went from run heavy to all of a sudden I'm watching an air raid. And I got I'm not going to lie to you, Drew. I absolutely loved it. OK, that first, loved it. Th- OK, you're t- you're talking about that opening drive, that yep. opening drive, 75 yard yep. opening drive on that drive. I, I went and looked up the stats. Your boy, Danny Dimes, was eight for nine, mm-hmm. 69 yards and a touchdown. Oh, yeah. Waller for six. Waller for mm-hmm. 12, a Waller in completion. So first three snaps, boom, boom, boom. Is Darren Waller going to be a part of this offense? Let me show you how he's going to be a part of Hell this yeah. offense. For six, for 12, then an incompletion. Then he goes to Paris Campbell for 13 yep. yards. That little end-around thing to, to Jalen Hyatt that didn't quite work out. It was a loss of three. Then Jones rushes for six, hits Waller again for 12, Isaiah Hodgins for 20, Paris Campbell again for five, and then finishes it off with kind of the ultimate ultimate misdirection everybody on the field is looking at number 12 Darren Waller and who does he find your boy Bellinger touchdown Jones Bellinger touchdown Giants Uh, if you were Carolina you'd be double teaming Waller too when the two guys went out especially in the red zone that drive has you feeling really good absolutely jacked up for it because we knew Waller was going to be a key component and I think a lot of us were excited with Brian Dayball and the creativity in terms of offensive play calling. To see Waller line up all over the field was awesome to me. The attention that he got on that final touchdown to Bellinger, who, by the way, played really well last year until he had the eye situation and had to miss some time. That, that team was the walking wounded in so many different ways. Waller, though, and look, Saquon's not out there, and they're still thriving. Waller, when Bellinger gets into the end zone, Waller runs to him like he's the one that scored the touchdown, the pure joy on his face. 
which I love. I, I, I love those subtle things. What it kind of reminded me of, and to a different extent, was when Brock Purdy, I think it might have been his first or his second game, quarterback keeper, he's got the touchdown. The, the team erupted around Brock Purdy, and there was something really meaningful. Like, every team's going to be happy when they score a touchdown, of course, but there's just a little extra juice around it, and you could see real excitement for one of their own. And I think Waller was excited for Bellinger, which I really liked. I think you'll see more two, maybe more 12 personnel, um, uh, one back, two tight ends. I think maybe more than I had anticipated heading into the season, so I like that aspect of it, but Waller is an absolute playmaker. And let's not just focus on the offense here. Here is Bucky Brooks with his thoughts on a young man who wears number five for the G-Men entering his sophomore campaign. What does Kayvon Thibodeau do for an encore? Mm -hmm. Bucky, what you got? When you think about this system, Martindale wants to set it up so Kayvon Thibodeau has plenty of one-on-one opportunities. You think about Aziz Ojolari being on the other side. Two disruptive pass rushers on opposite ends, being able to play in a defense that really is an attack-style defense. Wink Martindale is going to create one-on-one opportunities for Kayvon Thibodeau. We've seen throughout his time at Oregon, now in the National Football League. He has the potential to be able to get it done. I expect him to get close to the double digits this season. If he's a double-digit sack artist for the Giants, they are beginning to dominate the way they want to dominate on defense. And for that offense, it's the perfect complement to the style that Brian Dayball wants that offense to use. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Andrew Levy here back with Mikey, and we just heard from Bucky Brooks, Mike, who is the in-game sideline reporter for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Bucky told us this morning that Doug Peterson is expected to play his starters for a half in week three, and Bucky used this phrase. Mike, he said Doug Peterson doesn't want to put his guys in bubble wrap. Now, no word from Brian Dayball as to his plans for your Giants. We heard what you said earlier about the Jets. Yeah. You like the fact that Aaron Rodgers wants to be out there, get those kind of deal with those butterflies. Does the same feeling apply to your own guys? Now, you've seen Daniel Jones. Yeah. You talked about that first drive against the Panthers. Do you want to see him back out there? Do you want to see number 26 back out there? That's Saquon Barkley, by the way. Do you want your starters out there in week three? Yeah, I do. I want to see some of those guys continue to build on that success that I saw from that opening drive. Uh, last week against Carolina. I, look, once again, I don't want to see them out there for a half, but I wouldn't mind seeing a few possessions in that first half just to get some guys more reps. But I do think what's encouraging to me, and I might have answered differently if this was a year ago, knowing Jones and how dangerous he is with his legs, I don't want him to get hit a whole lot. But the fact that we saw, I, I think it was uh, how many plays? Seven, eight plays, whatever it was on that 69-yard touchdown. Eight for drive. nine. Eight for nine. You know, it's it's... 
it's it's a heavy dose of the passing game. So that's kind of what I want to see. Plus, with new wide receivers that are out there, like I think Jalen Hyatt had some really good moments. Hodgins, like I, there's enough weapons that I want to see out there and how it works. I think Jalen Hyatt had his best moments. I think he had five catches yeah, in the yeah. end after Daniel Jones went off after that first drive. So I assume you want to see that chemistry experiment no continue with Daniel Jones and Jalen Hyatt. I definitely agree with you there. Bucky talked about the Chiefs model, and you mentioned it a little bit before, that Andy Reid is not afraid to put Patrick Mahomes out there. He's not afraid to put his starters out there. And I think the notion is is that you're never playing from behind. That's, I think, a phrase that Bucky used this morning. And, of course, the idea is never playing from behind, meaning when the whistle blows in week one of the regular season, you're hitting the ground running. You're making a fast start, which in the NFL means you're not fixing on the fly. It's a measure twice, cut once kind of deal. And Mahomes' numbers in the month of September – in that first month of the NFL regular season, bears out the truth of it. Mahomes' numbers are outrageous in any month, let's be clear about that. But in the month of September, Patrick Mahomes has 49 touchdowns and only four picks and a record of 13-3. and So I think this model is being referenced more and applied more by NFL head coaches who are, to your point, increasingly less fearful of playing their guys. They want their guys in a position to succeed in week one. Now, a fast start for your Giants could be the difference between making the playoffs and not making the playoffs. First four games for your guys, Cowboys, Cards, 49ers, and Seahawks. Look, I don't see you losing to the Cardinals, but even that game, Michael, is on the road, which is never easy against anyone in the NFL. A slow start could mean what? One and three? Worst case, 0 and four? It's got to be worth risking starting your starters this week. Better to do the fact-finding now. Yeah, you made the point in our show meeting about the early stretch of that schedule and, more importantly, just the reason why to maybe make sure that you were off to the races, and not just from a Giants perspective, but any teams, because you know, the games still count in September like they do at the end of the year. There's no change in value that's that's there. And to your point, if you're not ready to go in week number one, and that's a loss, like, you know, for some of the elite teams, that's the difference between home field and not having home field, slower start, and it's one and two, one and three. And that might, that might be on the outside looking into the postseason. So there is real value, but I don't think it's a one-size-fits-all. I think there are certain coaches that have to know their personnel, trust their personnel, and know when to pull the strings at the right time. It's kind of like, not that I should be referencing Phil Jackson and, and the Zen master, but I think there's a little Zen to it, right? Like, it's it's worked for Mahomes, but I got to tell you, in three, four years, is it still going to see Patrick out there in the preseason this much? I don't know if the answer is yes at that point. That's a very good question. We'll see about that. Time will tell. And it's funny you should say that because I had a muscle memory of never having seen Aaron Rodgers play in preseason games. But, of course, that was recency bias. He hasn't been playing in preseason games for the Packers since, I think, 2018. But before then, he played in a lot of preseason games. His numbers are actually astonishingly wonderful in those preseason games. Hardly surprising. Final word on the Giants goes to the Giants fan, and it's the obligatory question. Mike Yam, finish the following sentence. After what I've seen and felt... So far, this training camp and preseason, I wouldn't be surprised if my Giants did what this season. <laughs> you asked me this question a couple weeks every ago. Time. I I ask see you every time. I every time, and I one, promised you that I'd ask you every time. <laughs> I see one drive in the preseason that I love that led to a touchdown, and I was going to joke and say, they're going to be a Super Bowl-winning team. Uh, I feel cautiously optimistic about this team being yes. better than I thought in this division, and I would have slotted them behind Dallas. I don't know if I'm slotting them behind Dallas. I think Philly's still the cream of the crop in the NFC, but I think it's Philly. I think the Giants could finish second that's there. And by the way, a little bit of a spicy take here. 
I won't be surprised if Washington is right on their heels for that second spot. Hey, you're, you're not going to get any pushback from me. I have liked what I have seen. There was something fascinating about the tenor and pitch of that Commanders-Ravens game the other night. It felt like a regular season yeah. game. It felt like a regular season game of significance. And yes, we were seeing, you know, Washington's ones against the Ravens too. Taylor Bashotti reminded me of that, you know, with a real glint in her eye. But the fact is, it felt like a game of significance. And of course, for all those young men trying to make a roster, trying to improve their position and their standing within a roster, it did mean something. And I was, you know, I was glad to uh, break the Ravens winning streak in the preseason. There, deal with it, John I texted Harbaugh. you on my yes, way home, did. and I yes, was like, did. this is awesome. By the way, it, talk about overreaction. What we're seeing in the preseason is completely changed. It's blowing my mind and, and, and booting everything that I thought a few weeks ago. But no joke, Washington did look pretty good, and that team, and I texted you this. I'm like, yo, these two teams are taking it way too serious in the preseason. Baltimore's calling timeouts to see formations <laughs> from Washington because they had that preseason yeah, winning streak. Right. It was awesome. It was awesome, and uh, truth be told, Mike Yam did text me, and he texted me, "Let's hope this isn't the highlight of the season." So it was a I little did. bit of a bat. It was a little bit of a, a little rude of you, and I loved it. Um, and of course, at the time, I hadn't seen the game. I watched it later yeah. on uh, on the replay. Bonus question: Do you know Saquon Barkley's full given name? No, it's you not, really don't. If it's not Saquon Barkley, I don't. Yeah. It's Saquon. Okay, Razul Quivas Barkley. No chance I would have gotten now Razul. R-A-S-U-L, I hope I'm saying it correctly. Batman. Uh, holds very personal meaning for his oh. parents. In Arabic, it means one who is sent. Do you know what your name means? No. Michael means gift from God. So the, wow. the fact is you and Saquon Barkley are connected more than you realize. Your names ostensibly mean the same thing. And who am I to argue with that? So there is a religious tenor that's going on here because Michael the Archangel, like maybe that's part of the whole the whole thing. I yeah, feel like nobody you're... said anything about Archangel, okay. buddy, okay? You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer, Andrew Levy. With me today, Mike Ian. Now, we talked hard knocks for a moment. Yeah. Let's talk hard choices okay. and maybe a little hard luck, too. Because word from Niners campus that Sam Darnold is now officially San Francisco's Ooh. QB2. That means the red and gold depth chart reads like this. Brock Purdy, QB1. Sam Darnold, QB2. Trey Lance, QB3. Now, the story today, Michael, feels like a Trey Lance story. And to me... This feels like a point of no return for Trey Lance. Am I overstating this? You know, I don't think you are. And by the way, there's a reason to watch and listen to NFL Total Access, not only watch the show, but listen to the podcast. Because David Carr had said months ago when Sam Darnold landed in the Bay Area, 
I wouldn't be surprised, and I know we said it on this podcast, I wouldn't be surprised if Sam Darnold starts in week one. Now, to be fair, the assumption was Brock Purdy wasn't going to be healthy, which no one— We weren't sure about the UCL uh, rehab. And by the way, it's almost miraculous that he is going to be ready for week number one because that's not what the projections were. The point is, if— Sam Darnold, if David thought he was going to start in week one, that also means that he was going to be QB2, which is exactly how it's played out. Um, I was a minute late to run up to the studio because I grabbed Bucky Brooks, and I was like, hey, we didn't get to talk about this. Your take here. Are you with me that the Niners don't really have a choice here? Like, he he can't be with this football team anymore. Bucky hedged, and I think he made a really good point, which is what they're hoping for now is he goes, I think there were 70 different quarterbacks. Don't don't quote me on that, but I think there were 70 different starting quarterbacks last season. Bucky said the odds are Trey Lance is going to end up starting a game at some some point, and he thinks it's going to be for the Niners. It's been a revolving door in terms of injuries for that team. He's got to get ready. Brian Greasy is their quarterback coach. Just get better. That's all you need to worry about here. My concern is that the Niners – front office, the Niners coaching staff, the Niners fan base all thought that Trey was going to be the guy. I think now all of a sudden it's hard to be on that team feeling this deflated. I think a fresh start would be meaningful for Trey Lance. I think some people just need different air, a different uniform, totally. a different voice in their head, a different totally. feeling in their soul. Maybe that is what Trey Lance needs. The numbers didn't make this an easy decision, at least not when looking bloodlessly at the numbers on the page. This preseason, Trey Lance has had 10 drives. Sam Darnold has had eight. Trey Lance's team put 19 points on the board while he was on the field. Sam Darnold, only six points on the board when he was on the field. Uh, Trey Lance was 22 for 33 for 285, two touchdowns and an interception. Sam Darnold was 16 for 22, 193, one touchdown, one interception. This is hardly somebody having separated himself, at least statistically, from the other person. It's important to point out, Michael, that the 49ers traded four draft picks. I mean, there's a reason that this is such a story. Because don't forget, listener, the 49ers traded four draft picks, including three first-round picks back in March of 2021 to make that trade up from number 12 in the draft to the number three pick in the draft in order to select Trey Lance. Now, we have heard a lot of people say that and remind us that those four draft picks traded to Miami ended up being, in a rather circuitous way, but those four picks ended up being Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, Bradley Chubb, and of course linebacker Channing Tindall. It's easy to ask. It's almost it's almost cynical to ask. Who'd you rather have? Trey Lance or Tyreek, Jalen Waddell, and Bradley sure. Chubb? That's too easy. It's not that clean. But is it overstating it to ask you, Michael, if John Lynch is on the hot seat? I've given that some thought, actually, um, since we got that news from Ian Rappaport. The short answer is no. I, I don't buy it. And here's why I don't buy it. They've gotten to a Super Bowl. They consistently get to the NFC Championship. Three, three NFC three Championship games in the last four years. So, And they still have their quarterback. Now, they didn't. it wasn't the path, but at the end of the day, you still got the dude who is on your roster. And you know what? Sometimes it's not the second-round wide receiver that makes the big impact. It's the fifth-round wide receiver. But you don't necessarily care because you're getting the production. The optics of this are tough. Yes. And as long as you can get over that, then I'm fine. 
Did you bring this up in our meeting? It's almost Super Bowl or bust for for the Niners. I if that's didn't. The reason why? I didn't okay. bring that up. Um, but let's talk about that. Do you buy that as a premise that it's what almost Super Bowl or bust? Is it Super Bowl or bust for the Niners? Because to your point, and thank you for reminding us, this is a team that has made a Super Bowl in the last four years, and they made it to three yeah. NFC Championship games in the last four. You ask any. NFC fan who has been toiling in virtual anonymity, like myself, a fan of the Washington Commanders, would we take three out of four NFC championship games, one run to a Super Bowl, and one on the surface, on paper, bad move, bad pick from my GM? Yeah, Yeah. I'll take that bad move from a GM, and I'll keep him employed, and I will applaud him every time he walks by if he can get my team to three NFC championship games in four years. 100%. 100%. You, what do you think, how do Rams fans feel right now? No, but I went far afield from your question, which is, is this Super Bowl or bust? What do you think the answer to that is? Yeah, but I don't think it has to do with anything associated with Trey Lance. Exactly. I think this roster is ready to win right exactly. now and is one of the top two or three teams in the NFC. Kyle Shanahan proved, again, what he tends to prove, which is, it kind of doesn't matter who no. my quarterback is, no. says the thought bubble over Kyle Shanahan's head. I'm going to beat you no matter what. Yeah, yeah. Can I throw one other thing your Please way on do. this? Because I, I do think it's important context, and I think you described it really well when you mentioned that that pick or the trade to move up to Trey Lance ended up being Tyreek and Waddle and Chubb. You're 100% accurate. There's a lot of those deals. And we started this podcast talking about Darren Waller and the Giants, right? Darren Kadarius Tony was, in a lot of ways, considered a huge bust exactly in right. Kansas City. Well, guess what? Part of that trade... And the assets there. A huge bust in New York. In New York. That trade with Kansas City netted out assets that ended up turning into Darren Waller. Correct. So I think there's a lot of different ways that we can sort of paint the picture here for fans. Because I think when we throw out those names, and I'm with you, because I was like in our meeting when I heard that, I'm like, damn, like that's that's a tough pill to swallow. And then I kind of thought, I was like, you're right. It's not clean. I think you described it perfectly. But this team is ready to win. And as long as they have their guy, they got their dude. And that's all you can ask, especially at that position. The phrase is is not artful, but the fact is one man's trash is another man's treasure. Sure. And if and if Kadarius Tony didn't work out for you guys um, in red, white, and blue, in, in Giants blue, he certainly is expected to work out for the Chiefs. He was named wide receiver one earlier in the preseason. Now, obviously, he's battling an injury, and we don't know what his the prognosis is, but we expect him to be healthy. We expect him to be back on sure. the field before too long, and we expect in that Andy Reid offense, Kadarius Tony to be a a high-executing contributor, a high-executing performer, and I'm glad for him. And I'm glad that you reminded us that those moves turned into number 12 for you, Darren Waller, which is where this conversation began. Mike M is bullish on his Giants. (laughs) Yes, the one drive, eight for nine, 69 yards and a touchdown. Is he overstating it? Probably. I don't know. Are any of us overstating it? My commanders sit now at 2-0 and in the preseason. Does it add up to anything in the regular season? No, it doesn't. But I will tell you what it adds up to for you, NFL listener, because you know as well as I do. If you see something positive happening on the field with the boys in your colors right now, you're as excited as I am about the hope, about what could be for the Commanders. It's supposed to be a down year for my team. There's no way that your Giants are going to replicate what they did last year. Now we know what they're about, so they won't catch us by surprise. And yet, you're looking in the face of that doubt, and you're saying, I don't believe it. I think my team can even be better. I'm saying the same thing. You think Sam Howell isn't good enough to lead us to something like a playoff consideration, if not a playoff spot, and who knows, maybe even a playoff win? 
I defy you to tell me that can't happen. I've seen worse teams do better. And don't forget, my guys are a top four defense in the NFL. What do you got? Yeah. Right? I couldn't agree with you more. Didn't you? Like, here's the other thing. When you see quarterbacks that are out there, sometimes they don't look comfortable right sam howell to me looks comfortable yeah, does doesn't he? on the football and field. i have to really and i'm really really happy about and proud of eric Bieniemy for putting yeah. sam howell in a situation to look and be that comfortable he is being infused with confidence from the voices in his head whatever they are doing seems to be working sam howell no, not all of our hopes are riding on you. Truth be told, our hopes are riding on the backs of our defense. Yeah. And we hope that you can be comfortable and confident enough to lead us to enough wins to scare Mike Yams Giants and the Cowboys. And yes, the NFC champion Eagles too. That is a conversation for another day. I want to thank today's special guest, Mike Yam, and I want to invite you to join us next time when we will preview the Saturday slate of NFL Week 3 preseason games, including the Browns and the Chiefs. What will happen, Mike Yam, with this ever-concerning Chris Jones situation in KC? Everybody says it's going to get worked out, and yet everybody is saying it's going to get worked out in a situation that is not yet worked out. When will we stop doubting the production from the Chiefs receivers room, no matter who is in it? What will we see from Deshaun Watson, who will start for the Browns on Saturday? And we'll tell you why Zadarius Smith does more than make opposing quarterbacks nervous. He may just make Miles Garrett the frontrunner for defensive player of the year. There, I said it. And we'll do a little uh, Hard Knocks recap again. Mike Yam, thank you so much, bud. Awesome, man. I appreciate the invite. This was fun. This is too fast, man. Let's keep it going. Uh, what was it? About 30, 35 minutes? It's actually too much. I've, I've overstayed. <laughs> no, I've overstayed your welcome. Does that I was late. Right? Does that I was work? late. Blame it on you me. You were three minutes late. Love you, bud. NFL fan, listener, thank you for joining us today. Till next time, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.